0: as the first day of the week was dawning is there a more hope-filled phrase than that thank you matthew and if it was dawn then surely the sun was not far behind and if it was the first day then that must mean that another day would follow, and then another and even more after that, as surely as one day followed another, just as in the first moments of creation. Evening came and morning followed. The pattern of life and time and hope, all given by, all given birth by a God who took such delight in arranging the cosmos so that we wouldn't get lost but always know that we were and are caught up in the swirl of a great mystery, a mystery of divine human love. But then, Matthew catches us off guard. As he reports, behold, there was a great earthquake. This is not good. Earthquakes in people demolish buildings and bury dreams. But the earthquakes of the gospel have the opposite effects. They split open the tombs, and life springs forth from the grip of death. Matthew had already told us that the earth shook as Jesus breathed his last words on the cross. But then too, tombs were opened, the bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and entered the holy city. The action of God reverses cosmic disaster. And from the very darkness of the earth and the sky comes a brilliant light, the Redeemer of a new day and a new people. Usually, on this Easter vigil, we have a grand fire, We love grand fires on Easter Vigil. And as those of you who are here, and sisters who are listening, and the members of our covenant community, our associates know, we had great fires the last few years, out by, or out in the courtyard. But tonight, we have done our best to grasp that astonishing truth through the symbol of this beautiful pillar of wax. It, too, tells us that Christ the light pushes back the darkness. And then Matthew reports, when the guards had regained their composure and the women had overcome their initial fears, there was still the empty tomb to deal with. What's that all about? This can't be good either. For the tomb is to keep the dead, well, dead. It's not to give them up to the world, even to a waiting world. But once again, God overturns the ordinary and the expected, and the usual. The amazing thing about the empty tomb, when you stop to think about it, there's a good possibility that things are never going to be quite the same. And that can be rather disturbing. Confusing, perhaps. Frightening and exciting all at the same time. In fact, throughout Jesus' life, every time he came upon darkness and brokenness and human need, he rolled away the stone and gave people back fullness of life. So if we really thought about it, we shouldn't be surprised. The darkness of blindness physically, spiritually, the entombment of sin, or being ostracized, or being wounded by prejudice and powerlessness, the stone of fear and broken dreams. He released them all and let them go free. Is it possible? Is it possible that the resurrection means that we are set free from whatever imprisons our spirits, whatever prevents us from being the witnesses of hope and compassion, of joy and justice, and most of all, of love? I think that that is at the heart of the resurrection. Not just the resurrection of Jesus, but of our own. Paul says, are you not aware that you have been baptized into his death and his resurrection? But the empty tomb, as strange as that may be, is not a monument, then, to the dead Christ. It is not the place for new disciples. Perhaps for tourists but not disciples. Matthew reports that the angel issues first an invitation, like a tour guide might. Come, see, the place where he lay. But then adds, go quickly and tell the others he has been raised, he goes before you into Galilee. Be off. Get back to where you need to be, get back to your first love, where you live. Where then is this Galilee today? In a sense, I think it's our address as Christians. Galilee was where Jesus taught and preached and brought healing to everyone he encountered the disciples would have recognized that as his and their home address. So it's more than a piece of geography. It is a place of presence. It is a place of God's intervention in human affairs. It is the place for new life. It's our home address in our world. To believe in the resurrection is to acknowledge that the living Christ is loose in the world, in our world, in our family, in our church, and in our neighborhoods. He is teaching and healing and forgiving and loving, just as he always did through the new disciples that will not stay at the tomb. If, then, we believe in the resurrection, then we believe that we can teach and heal and perform amazing works of peace and justice, that we can be inclusive and not divisive, that we can fashion lives and efforts of hope and love in the little corner of the world we inhabit. So Easter happens whenever and wherever we discover darkness and bring forth light. Easter happens when women and men and children of every age realize that the Lord has made us a glorious and wonderful people. And once again, we will be the bearers of the light and the joy that only the risen Lord can instill within us.